is not very hard to understand, is it? Two are better than one. That's just how it is. When Brother Lee is out here cutting grass, Lee are two better than one. He would probably say yes with a stipulation. Because I have seen it to where when Lee has to go back over what the person helping him has tried to do, it makes matters a little bit difficult. But I don't think Solomon is talking about the times where uh, I've got to do my work and yours too. I'm thinking he's talking about going through life and all that we have to do and all that we have to think about and all the choices we have to make. It's always good to have someone beside us, someone helping us, someone advising us in the right way to go. And, and I'm thinking the best and greatest friend of any of us would be the Lord Jesus Christ. To always be able to look to Him and talk to Him, our Savior and our Lord, and have Him speak to us through His Word. Indeed, it is true, two are better than one. They tried my Lord and Master with no one to defend. Within the halls of Pilate, he stood without a friend. It's hard for me to even say that without crying. The only reason I can this morning is, you know, preachers get in the zone. No, not auto zone. We're in the preaching zone. They tried our Lord and Master on that night after he was betrayed and he had no one to defend him. You remember one of the statements that Jesus made on the cross was, My God, my God, why have you what? They tried my Lord and Master with no one to defend. Within the, the halls of Pilate, he stood without a friend. I'll be a friend to Jesus. I'll love him, worship him, and follow him unto the end. I'll be a friend to Jesus. I've, I've often thought that I would have liked to have been there. And I would, have, I would have been different than those disciples. Have you ever thought about that? I wouldn't be like them. I would have stood beside him. I know. Jesus already told them in the garden, All of you will forsake me. And Jesus, being God, already knew that. But I would like to think I would have been better. I would have been stronger. Well, of course, you're all, you're, we're all better and stronger 
looking back, aren't we? I mean, now that I've gone through it and made these mistakes, I say, if I had that to do again, I would do this, this, and this. Well, of course. We've learned. We've become stronger. We're wiser now that we've been through it. That's the reason you have Peter and the apostles standing up on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 with such boldness because they had a renewed vitality, a renewed strength in their friend Jesus who had given, as Don said around the table, everything for human beings, everything for the human race. Past when he died and even today we live and have faith, hope, and love because of him, because of the strength that he showed and the sacrifice he made, we're looking back going, that's our Savior. We must be strong for him. That's our friend. Now, are we going to be his friend? And that's the question in this new series that we're beginning today. I'll be a friend of Jesus. And here's the question. Really? I mean, it's easy to say what a friend we would be when Jesus is conquering. When Jesus is on the mountain preaching the Sermon on the Mount. I'm sure His disciples were right there going, Amen, Amen. Preach it, Jesus, preach it. And they're thinking the whole time, He's going to ascend the throne and change the world but they're thinking in human terms rather than spiritual terms. And they're thinking we're just going to follow Him right on into His kingdom. And indeed they are, but not in the way they thought. There's no way they could have ever dreamed that He would die, even though you could go back to Isaiah 53 and read the prophecy of, of Jesus dying. They just couldn't see that. We can't either today in many ways. It's wonderful to have a friend. I was blessed in my childhood and in middle school and even in high school with two friends. One was my second cousin and one was his friend who became my friend. And so wherever you saw us in elementary school, middle school and high school, you didn't just see one, you saw three. So they were, two, they were one year older than me. I was one year younger than they were. But they took me under their wing and taught me about how to be and answered all my questions, not always correctly. So they were a year ahead of me, and I looked at them as someone to follow I wasn't bullied very much in school, even though my name is M-I-C-K-E-Y. And you can finish it. I've heard that so much, you know. But I had two friends, so it wasn't that bad. I had one on one side and one on the other who defended me and loved me and included me and welcomed me. And so when I read from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I know what that means. But I've also had times in my life where I was very lonely, where I needed a friend. 
And you've probably experienced both of those in your life as I have. The joy of friendship, but also the loneliness and the lack of not being friendless, but feeling like you're friendless. What I want to do today to, to, at the outset of this series is look at texts from the Bible. I want to look at four this morning and three this afternoon at our 1.30 service. So this is sort of one sermon that's going to have a break in the middle of it for lunch. And then we'll come back and finish out the sermon. If, if you're able to do that, I hope you can. So we're going to look at four texts this morning that will help us understand what a friend is and then answer the question for ourselves, am I Jesus' friend? I think we all would, would probably think, if I were back then, I would have been a friend to Jesus. But it really doesn't matter, does it? What we would have done or could have done or should have done if we lived back then? Isn't a better question, what am I doing now, today, to show God, to show Jesus my Savior and my friend, my friendliness? Am I a friend to Jesus? So the first text we'll look at is from the Old Testament book of Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24. It's a verse you can probably quote. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. In other words, if I am to have a friend, I must be a friend. And so when someone comes to me and says, I don't have any friends. I've even said that before. I don't have many friends. And you know, I know what, they're mean, I know what they mean. The kinds of friends they're talking about are those bosom friends. They're the close friends. They're the best friends. It's uh, someone we can say anything to and they won't think any less of us. It's someone who can criticize us and us take it the way we should. It's that kind of friend, a friend that we can tell a secret to and they will keep it. But are we that kind of friend? See, some people will say, Oh, she, she is my very best friend because if I'm out of money, she gives me money. If I need a ride, she gives me a ride. If I need a, a new outfit, I can borrow hers. If I, uh, if I need someone to talk to, she will listen. And then what I want to do is go to this lady that you just or this person just talked about. And I want, I want to say to them, you know, I just, I just talked to this lady here, and she says you're her friend. And I want to ask, is she your friend? And I have found that this woman would say, not really. Because when I need a ride, she doesn't have time. When I need 
a blouse that goes with my pants, she says, go buy one. If I'm out of money, she says, well, I guess we can't go out. Do you get where I'm going? See, some people have the idea that you're my friend if you, you, you do things for me. But friendship is you doing for me and me doing for you. It's we both have needs and we both have a lot to give. And true friendship is me being your friend and you being my friend. It's a two-way thing. You and me, me and you. Am I a friendly person? Do others enjoy being around me? I trust you. Can you trust me? I love you. Do you love me? A person who's a friend of Jesus accepts all that Jesus has to give but also gives all we have to give. It's a giving and receiving. A receiving and giving. It's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. A going and coming. A giving and receiving. A speaking and listening. It's a yes sometimes, and at other times it's a no. It's not always yes, and it's not always no. True friends know when it's yes and know when it's no. Second scripture text. James chapter 2, New Testament. James chapter 2, verse 23. This text is about Abraham. Abram, who became Abraham. And God's description of the father of the Israelites who received the promise that in him and through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed, referring to how you and I are blessed even today through Jesus. And a description of Abraham being a friend of God. He says this, Abraham believed God. When God said, look at the sand of the seashore, so shall your descendants be. Look in Count the, the stars in the heavens if you can, so shall all the, uh, of your family be on the earth. And so Abraham, God read his heart, Abraham believed God, and God accounted for Abraham righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Abraham believed God. He, he had faith in God. He trusted God. And obviously, God had faith in Abraham. 
God believed Abraham. God trusted Abraham. That's what friends do. If you're my friend, I trust you. If we're friends, you trust me. So in a friendship, there is what we call mutual trust. It's us trusting each other with things that are small and things that are big. I remember meeting with an eldership one time years ago at an elders meeting. Preacher, elders. And I said to them, I don't trust you. Now, if someone comes up to you and says, I don't trust you, what, are, what would you say? Why? Have I done something to ruin your trust? And of course, they ask that question. Well, for goodness sake, Mickey, why? Let me give you three reasons. And I laid out A, B, and C. And my elders said, we're sorry. You're right. If, if trust, if we can't trust each other, can we be friends? Now, trust is given. Trust is lost. But trust can also be what? Regained, can it? I mean, who in this room and who in the world has always lived and spoke and thought 100% like a friend? Have you always kept your word? Have you always, I mean, you lived your life where nothing slipped? Really? I mean, you know. And if you say, well, yes, I have. Whoa, wait just a minute. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1 and read about sin. And how we, if, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And even the scriptures would tell us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have not, none of us have met God's expectation. Now, we have in many, many ways, we've, 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 we've achieved what God would have us to be. But there are, are times in our lives where we've fallen short of that. And we've had to say, I'm sorry even to our Father God. And we've had to say that to each other. Between friends, with my two friends in school, there are times where I've said, I'm sorry. And they've said that to me. Mickey, I apologize for that. I, I, you're a friend of mine, and I'm your friend, and I didn't act very much like one. And you know what true friends do? Forgive. True friends will say, it's all right. I haven't met your expectation. You haven't met my expectations. There's nobody perfect. But don't do that again. Right? I mean, we say, I forgive you, but now, come on. 
And then, you know, true friends let it go and we move forward. That's what true friends do. Abraham was called a friend of God because he believed in God. And God was the friend of Abraham because he believed in Abraham. So can I be trusted? Am I a trusting person? Can others confide in me and can I confide in them? Well, the question is, am I a friend to Jesus? I know I can confide in Him. Can He confide in me? Can He trust me? to do what He's asking me to do. How many times did Jesus say, and I'm not asking for a count, just to think about where He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then not do what I say? You talk a good talk, but then where are you? I asked the teenage class this morning, have you ever had someone in school walk up to you with a big smile and, and just you know, put their arm around you and say, Oh, I'm so glad you're my friend. And you step back and cross your arms and go, uh, Really? After what you said about me? There's a lot of pretenders. And I, I said this morning in our class, I said, You know, there's a lot of times we sit in a church pew. And we're sitting all up there pretty and smiling and and singing and praying and taking the Lord's Supper. And, and God is, <laughs> I said, God is doing just what you did. You crossed your arms and you stood back and you went, Really? You doing this? And I know what you did yesterday? And that's that text from Matthew chapter 15 where it says, In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Verse 8 it says, your lips and your mouth honor me, but your heart is far from me. A true friend believes and trusts in God. And so, how do we show that trust? How do we show our faith in God? By following Him, by believing Him. Didn't He say in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, to him who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. And he talks about human beings and how if, a, if your son comes to you and asks for something he needs, won't you give it to him? How much more will your Father in heaven give you what you need? Trust him. Well, when are you going to do it? Well, now, in God's time, right? God, when are you going to open that door? Well, I'm going to open it. You just knock. Your job is to knock. My job is to open. Your job is to seek. My job is to show it to you when you're ready. Your job is to pray. Ask. It's my job. I'll do my job. Are we friends? <laughs> That's God would Are we friends? Well, God, you know I'm your friend. Well, then trust me. Friends believe each other. Third text. Exodus, back in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Now this is about Moses. Now God, the Bible, God in the Bible never calls Moses a friend. He calls Abraham a friend, but, the, we, but we know in the context of what a friend is, 
that Moses was also God's friend. But listen what the scriptures say about Moses. And the Lord spoke to Moses. He spoke to him face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. So friends share. I remember my brother, my dad bought my brother a new deer hunting rifle for Christmas. And so he went out, he couldn't wait to get out there and hunt. So he went with my two uncles, my mother's two brothers, who are big hunters back in Alabama. And so this was, uh, you know, right after Christmas, they're, they're in the field or wherever it is, the woods they were hunting in. And my brother, first couple of days, I guess, I don't know, it may have been the next day after Christmas or the day after that, he shot this eight-point, like a trophy buck. And it was kind of strange because the, the story goes that the, the deer was in a sage field. You know what a sage grass field looks like? It's this uh, big tall grass that's kind of beige in color. And the deer was running across the field you know, loping like this. and So my brother was watching the deer up above the sage and then down, up and down. And he tried to time when he was coming up. And when he did, he pulled his trigger and the deer never rose. And what's strange is the bullet went between his antlers. I mean, you couldn't ask. He had never even shot this gun before. And he hit the deer right here. Amazing. Here's the story, though. That's just a deer hunting story. My brother called my dad. Rung and rung and rung. No answer. So he called me. Rung and rung and rung. No answer. He called his other, my other brother. Rung and rung. No answer. Finally, he got a hold of me like an hour later. And he was so beside himself, where is everyone? I have called everyone I know and no one is answering the phone. Do you know why he's so desperate? He had something to share and he was calling his friends and he couldn't share it with anybody. Have you ever had something happen to you that's just so great? Who do you want to tell? Your friend, I mean, whoever pops into your mind, I just can't wait. And to me, it's called Cindy. I can't wait to tell her what just happened, what I just saw. I was coming back from Arkansas yesterday, and unfortunately, on the, on the interstate coming toward me, there was a bad wreck. And I topped the hill, and there was a motorcycle, one of those gold wing. Honda Gold Wing motorcycles just tore all to pieces on the road. And there was a white car sitting up in the trees off the road. And there were like four state troopers with all their lights on. And there was like a, I don't know if it was from the TV station or from the state trooper place or whatever, had a camera taking shots of it. And then I went on about, of course I was going down the interstate, went on about half a mile down and traffic 
was stopped with another state trooper for t five miles, I know, where they'd stopped traffic on the interstate for this accident. First thing I did was pick up my cell phone, or I didn't pick up my cell phone, I just pushed the button on my pickup, and I said, call Cindy Burleson. And she picked up the phone, and I said, oh, you'll never, you'll never see, know what I just saw. It was terrible. You want to share your life with your friend. God wanted, wants to share Himself with His creation. And that'd be you and me, us. God spoke to Moses the way He wanted to, the way He would like to. He wants to talk to me and you the way a father should be able to talk to a son. You know, I, I was thinking of Derek being here with Ricky, you know, and I, I, could, I could see Ricky down here and, and Derek down like this, right? Have you ever thought, kneel down sometime and you, you could, you, you're sort of how it is with a bunch of adults up there? In, way up in the sky. And you're little. Not that he's little. He's a big boy. He's five. But, you know, looking up all the time. But a dad gets down. Isn't that what God did when he sent Jesus? Didn't he come down to show us what a true friend is? Friends want to share. God wants to share his riches with us. But do we want to share our riches with Him? He wants to share His dreams, His thoughts, and His plans with us. Do we share our dreams and our thoughts and our plans with Him? Can we? Are, there, are the dreams that we have and the thoughts we think and what our plans are, can we share them with God? We should be able to share any thought or word or plan with a true friend. Now sometimes a true friend will say, uh-uh, no, uh, no. Mickey, I don't know what you're planning, but let's just not go there. A true friend will say that. Or, I'm behind you 100%, let's go. True friends are that way. You got me, and I got you. And together we can make it in this world. Do I share my life, my experiences with others? Do I allow others to share with me? Do I have an ear as well as a mouth? Actually, you have one mouth and two ears. Which means, as someone said, you should be listening twice as much as you're talking. And of course, you would say, as my good friend, physician, heal thyself. And some of you will say, what does that mean? Think about it, okay? Finally, back to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 19. The Bible here tells us that people, religious leaders of his day, actually ridiculed him or got on to him. Because of the people he was around. They said, you're a friend of 
publicans and sinners? Uh, yes. He even declared that I came to seek and to save the lost. Wasn't that his mission? I came to help the people who need help. I, need to, I came to save the people who need salvation. A doctor doctors sick people. What if your doctor or my doctor only opened his clinic to well people? The other day I was at my doctor and I said, uh, Look, doctor, don't keep looking for something wrong with me. Everything's good. He's got a job to do. You know why? He's more than my doctor. You know what he is? That's what we should be as brothers and sisters in Christ. Not just family, but friends. Me for you and you for me. Do we enjoy being together, you and me? Because if you have a friend, don't you look forward to being with them? And isn't it sad when you're not? That's what heaven, that's what heaven is going to be. That's the reason heaven is going to be so good. It's because in heaven, we'll only be friends and we'll never have to part from each other. Man, that's going to be... I look forward to that. I look forward to every Sunday being with you. Every Sunday afternoon, us coming together. Every Tuesday in the summer and every Wednesday in the other times. Of us being together. I'm looking out the, the glass doors. There they are. Hurry on in here. I've got something to say. They say, man, I can't wait to see Mickey. Because i got something to tell him. We're friends. And that's the way it should be, right? Friends. In Proverbs chapter 17, 17, this is a verse we'll close with. A friend loves when it is convenient. No, you won't read that in the Bible. A friend loves as long as there's something in, for, in it for them. No. A friend loves as long as it's good and right and everything is going well. No. A friend loves at all times. In the ups and the downs, love is steadfast. When it's good and when it's bad, a friendship and love, we love right on through. Am I a friend to Jesus? I know He's a friend to me. That's not the question. Am I a friend to Him? Not what we would have done or could have done or should have done at some other time. But am I the friend that I need to be this day? 
Do I need to apologize to my friend, Jesus? Do we need to take a moment and bow our heads and repent? Maybe you do. Maybe you can say, oh no, I've already taken care of that like Mickey when you first started. <laughs> do you need to make a change? I stand ready to help you if you'll come as we stand together and as we sing.